Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 658. As far as this work is concerned, it has to be absolutely perfect. The word being perfection. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Donnie Calloway. Hey, Donnie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. He's got his uh, wrench in hand and uh, ready to go, and you'll understand what that means in just a second. Donnie Calloway has spent over 30 years restoring magnificent collectible cars, and most of them Ferraris. It started with him growing up in Los Angeles, then working at Hollywood Sports Cars, and soon thereafter, spending some time in Hawaii with his uncle, learning how to hand-form aluminum bodies. He does complete restorations, he does all his own engine work, he documents the builds and reassembles Concorde-level cars that win first places and break world records at auctions. Donnie has worked on pretty much every Ferrari model made, including 512 BBs, 365 2 plus 2s, TDFs, even worked on James Coburn's California Spider, and many, many others. So Donnie, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you and what you do. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, your life, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Jeez, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> that is uh, That is a lifelong... Thing, if you will. I got started very, very early. I almost want to say prenatal because my <laughs> dad uh, drove my mom around in his 53 Ferrari. Cool. Um, turned out to be a 166 Barchetta. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was rebodied, rebodied from the movie The Racers. So I grew up around, you know, the conversation of Ferraris. So yeah. there was the initial seed. Then growing up in Los Angeles in the uh, late 60s and 70s, that's all you saw. So many Ferraris around Beverly Hills, Century City, Santa Monica, up and down PCH and Malibu. Yeah. And you're naturally hooked. And, and to go into those uh, car stores that were everywhere and stick your head in the window of a two-year-old 275 or whatever, and that smell. 
smell, that leather smell, and that smooth paint. <laughs> just hooked. <laughs> yeah. Hooked. Yeah, you were a one lucky lad, as they say, to grow up around that. I mean, must have been fantastic. I grew up in Southern California as well, just down in San Diego. And, and you're right, even when I was a kid, you'd see some pretty cool cars. I had a detailing business, and some of my, some of my clients had Ferraris that they let me drive, which was <laughs> over the top for a high school kid to be able to jump in a Ferrari and drive it home and detail it. Very fun. We're going to learn a lot more about you as we go through the questions. But as we continue on your automotive journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or some kind of mantra, something that has some meaning to you in your life. It's a really nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Donnie, take the wheel. Okay. So there's a few little quotes I have throughout my life. My life has been an interesting one. As far as, as far as this work is concerned, it has to be absolutely perfect. Hmm. The word being perfection. And my pitch to my clients is I don't just doll up and clean up a car. My work starts from the crankshaft out. Oh, wow. Literally. Every thread, every bearing, the oil journals through the crank, everything has to be perfect. Yeah. So the mantra is just it has to be perfect, perfection, no matter what. And it drives me nuts sometimes. <laughs> it, it just... I hold myself so accountable that it drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this for a second because you're restoring old cars, and in many cases, Ferraris that were hand-built. No two back in those days were really alike. So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about how do you go about making an old car that maybe has been through several generations of life, or so rebuild your body, rebody, especially race cars. How do you do that? What, what kind of things do you do to make sure the car can be as perfect for your client as possible? Well, a big portion of that relies on my vendors, my guys I work with, which over the years I have found through my own experience and learning who the real guys are, the real, real painters, the real body men, the real aluminum plenishers, the fabricators, you know, who can do that weld, that perfect pooled weld, who can do real body work without, you know, some schlocky bond over a dent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to segue a little it takes so much time to get into this stuff that it's impossible to charge. Some guys do, but it turns into like a flat rate. Yeah, I would imagine the research part of it alone takes an enormous amount of time. Oh, there's <laughs> ah, a question. <laughs> I just found for two cars, for my own 308, it took me close to four months, maybe five months, just to find the right leather. Wow. Because it had original leather and underneath, tucked underneath was an original piece. I, <laughs> it took me forever. Now I've just gone through that with, I'm doing two boxers, mm -hmm. identical black boxers. And again with the leather. Yeah. Sample after sample after sample and smell, texture, grain. Disregard the price. And these are hours and hours, a few days out of each week. Spent sure. On researching and just, oh, it's a nightmare. And, <laughs> and then there's paint. <laughs> Paint is maddening. Yeah. And, you know, I use the crutch of the latest rules of FCA, judging. I'm a judge, too. Mm -hmm. And the rules are, okay, now, we, now it doesn't have to be original paint anymore. So it's like, ah, I can get away with something. <laughs> but again, you know, you're, you're held to task for what it was, what it's supposed to be. Exactly. Well, especially with the value of these cars, collectible Ferraris these days. Yeah, you're working on a, a work of art, really, in a sense. And if you do something wrong, not only can that cost an owner something at a Concours event, but it can cost him a lot of money when he goes to sell the car, too. Yeah, I just <laughs> kind of getting ahead of ahead of us, or myself, I guess. But 
I just did a three, six, five, two plus two mm-hmm. paint job. It had a couple of different colors and I really couldn't figure out what color it was originally. It pretty much looked like it was a green, but maybe somebody changed a door somewhere along its life. So maybe a light blue. So we decide on a, on a burgundy metallic, which it was, and that alone again took months. The color enhancements of the toners and darker, lighter, you know, this is in between color, having the client say yes to this, then getting it back, going through, changing it a little bit more and laying the color on the car. It's a big car. It's a $40,000 paint job. Sure. And having the car come out of uh, my decision of the color, having the car come out of the spray booth and being in that color, that raw, fresh color and looking at it going, I've killed the car. Oh no. I've just destroyed a car. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how hideous this color is. Yeah. And my painter, my painter who's done a lot of the Peterson cars, etc., some real big famous cars, he always wins at Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. And he uh he's like, Don't worry, don't worry, I'm gonna cut it, gonna lay some clear on it, you know, finish it with a metallic, going to uh don't worry, don't worry, let's let's just see what happens. I'm like, okay, but I'm just depressed, I'm freaked out. And sure enough, by the time he was done bringing that paint job around, as he does, it's probably one of the most gorgeous colors I've ever seen. Yeah. I've lost my mind over this color. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it'll be out there. Oh, I know it'll be out August. Yeah. Well, the telling uh, the story there that I have a takeaway is trust your vendors, those, those guys you've worked with. Trust what they know and let them do their job. And uh, in this case, your painter knew what he was talking about. And- in your mind, yeah. sa- save the day. So fantastic. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Now, I think you're the first one who in vitro, uh, you know, got his smell of Ferrari uh, fluids in your veins. But tell us that pivotal moment when you were a little kid, when you realized, oh, for sure, I'm a car guy. There's a couple of stories, but very, very beginning. Um, Century City used to have a little car, a classic, not classic, wasn't classic at the time, a sports car store. And I wandered in, and there was a little yellow Dino, GTS. And I sat in it, and the smell, the feel, everything. I might have been 15, 14, 15. Yeah. And these gorgeous girls walked by. You know, this is Century City. <laughs> and they stopped and took notice of me. And I look up in my little doe eyes, looking at these girls, and they winked and smiled and said, yeah, that's for you. <laughs> that's for you. Huh. This is for me, huh. baby. <laughs> Done. Just done. Yeah, where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, the first Ferrari I ever drove was a uh, 246 Dino, client of mine when I was detailing cars. I was 16 years old and rode my bike over to his house. He let me drive it back to my house. I think I took every long way I could possibly think of to get it back to my house. That was a magical, magical moment for me, too. But yeah, they're just such beautiful cars. And it's so nice now that they really come around in the collector market. Although for those of us who'd love to have one, they've become very, very expensive. For so long, they were kind of the ignored Ferrari. In fact, you weren't even allowed to call them a Ferrari. They're a Dino. So Right, yeah. That's, that's a whole other world, the two different cars. Another funny thing happened is uh, for, fast forward, I got in a motorcycle accident racing around the streets of L.A., uh, going, going to John Burroughs Junior High. Back then, you could get a little bit of money for your insurance claim. Mm-hmm. Of course, my mom got it. I'm looking in the L.A. Times, like I did as a kid, up to the Ferrari section and the, and the auto section, and there is an ad 
for an SWB, eight thousand oh. uh, oh. dollars. A TDF, oh. a TDF for sixty five hundred bucks, and I forget what the other car was, but it was something else, just as just same level. And I flipped out over this ad. I cut it out. I pleaded with my mom, 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 take the money, take the money, buy this car. Stick it in the garage. Forget it. We won't see it forever. It will be worth a fortune. Trust me. It's like, oh, you're nuts. We're not buying some dead old car, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. I kept that ad for 15, 20 years. It stuck in one of my books, a little bookmark, Ferrari book. Fast forward, I start working on John Eby's cars, <laughs> who's a local collector, kind of secret. And he tells me this story. Um, I was working on his Lancia GTE double bubble, Zagato. And he tells me the story how him and his wife, had placed an ad in the LA Times advertising those very cars for cheap money and the phone number they gave, which I called many times to no answer, the phone number they gave was to a payphone on the street, one of those box payphones. Yeah, yeah. His wife and him would sit in their car and laugh as that phone rang constantly. Oh, that's evil. And I looked at this man <laughs> and I'm like, you evil bastard. Yeah, I know. That was me calling. What a horrible thing to do to a poor little kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they were just doing their, having their kicks, but they didn't know the other side. They met me. I got, I got your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For 15 years, I lamented over that thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, funny, funny story. Well, Donnie, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and I like to say get our hands dirty. Certainly something you're not afraid of doing because you're such a hands-on guy. But would you share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along your way in your career? You've been an entrepreneurial kind of guy your whole life. So that's a roller coaster ride. But the most important part of this is sharing a story, but then telling us what it taught you so you could move forward. Jeez, in my life, there's a few <laughs> I hope there's a few. There has to be a few. Otherwise, you've played it way too safe. Oh, no. I got in big trouble. Are you kidding? (laughs) Let's not touch on that. No, we'll leave those stories for uh, an evening at the bar (laughs) over a beer. (laughs) Literally. So one car, Aston Martin, DB4, very, very famous, not famous, but Mm well-known man about our our industry, gives me his – I find the DB4. We buy it. I – then trusted somebody and the, their knowledge because they had won all kinds of concourses and what have you. So I trusted him and thought that he knew what he was saying. And he takes me down this road with him. I dish out all this money for this Aston Martin to be stripped. And he says, oh, these are the guys, these are the guys. And, you know, I gave up my own intuition and trust of somebody who didn't know what they were doing. Mm. This car ends up with a sh- in a shop out in the Camarillo area. And they just lathered on the Bondo, didn't plenish out, and, and coming from an aluminum uh, fabrication standpoint, right. background, they didn't plenish anything out. They just lathered it up with Bondo and laid down their coat. I kept coming by going, this needs to be a fix. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I'm like, okay, let's put some more Bondo on as soon as I leave. Oh, and <laughs> I come back and gave me some paint samples, none of which were any good. And I come back and the car's painted. And they're like, okay, you know, you've paid us. Quite a bit of money, thirty, forty thousand dollars. Car's done. Come get it. I'm like, I haven't even checked out the paint yet. We haven't even agreed on a color. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had to go back and have that car stripped. I'm out the money. I can't really ask the client for money again. Right. So I'm out all that money. This guy's word is is just nothing. It's yeah. dog meat. Yeah. And 
But I did find a Punisher way up on the California-Oregon border, an aluminum body guy, that made the car perfect. And then from there, I went to Tony Castellano, who did the paint job. The car turned out perfect. Mm. My God, perfect. And unfortunately, I lost the client. Clients quasi hates me. That was that was a huge that was a huge disaster. Yeah, yeah. And it'll never happen again because I'm so hands on with everything. I need to know what paint brand, yeah, how we're mixing it, what your toners are. You know, it's really, really deep with me. Well, let me ask you this. That was for, one nightmare. Yeah, for well, sounds like a great one. Uh thank you for sharing that painful moment. Well, let me ask you what the takeaway then from that is. So if there's a young listener out there that's getting into this profession or Somebody that has their own car, they want to have it restored. What's your takeaway from that experience so that uh, they won't encounter the same kind of situations? Well, the typical thing is no matter where you go, if you're buying a hot dog or if you're having your car painted, oh, we do great work. We're, we're the best. That's the best hot dog you'll ever eat, whatever it is. It really does pay to say, great, who are your other clients? Can mm. I see some of your work that you've done before? Yeah. I'd like to see how that paint job is held up five years later. Can I talk to your client? Research, yes. research it to death. Yeah. Research it until you are an expert, and then you walk away with the satisfaction of now you know and you really know what's going on. And I knew, but I, I trusted somebody. Really do your due diligence and do your and do your uh, vetting. Absolutely, because these restorations can become huge black holes that just suck all your cash oh, up God. and your emotion and yeah. your life and everything else. Well, let's shift gears and go to something a little different. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when something kind of illuminates the way for a new direction, a new path for what you're going to do in your career or in your business or even in your life. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Okay. That would be, I started getting into restorations and I came across a little Austin Healy, weirdo custom Austin Healy that I went ahead and took over the restoration. Somebody didn't know what they were doing and got themselves in a really bad corner client screaming about money spent, etc. And I, I stepped in and saved the day and took over the restoration, did the engine. We took it to Carmel. Now this is my very first car show. Mm-hmm. We took it to Carmel and I had nothing to judge my work against. I just did my work as I knew to do it and took it to Carmel on the boulevard placed it up against all these other big cars, XK120s, Cobras, everything in its class was mind-blowing. And to me, I thought, oh, this is a nice little show. You know, I didn't even dream of winning. And this is cute. This is fun. Yay. So I'm walking around the car show, and I walk up to the, uh, to the podium, and it's a pile of Tiffany's trophies. <laughs> and at that moment, at that moment, I'm like, if I had only known they were giving away such lavish, you know, Tiffany trophies, I, I would have been so much more, you know, in, in, involved, or I thought to myself, I would have. Mm-hmm. Later on that day, I went first in class. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I got one of those Tiffany trophies. Oh, cool. And at that moment, I was hooked. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm going to Pebble Beach. I'm yeah. going to the very top. <laughs> yeah, this is something I want to do. Oh, how cool. How cool is that? Congratulations for that. And I know you've had many, many more wins in first place cars since then. So uh, kudos to you and for what you do. Well, let's talk a little bit about a proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many, you've made so many clients happy. You've won awards, uh, restored cars that brought top dollar at auctions. Uh, share your proudest moment with us, if you would. 
Well, a little lead into that. The thing that really kept me going, besides driving these cars, that's what it's really all about, don't tell anyone, yep. is I'd take a car that was, you know, fair to midland, and then go through and do my thing to it, whether it was tuning it or doing the engine, etc. And the client always said, oh, my God, this thing has never driven better, faster, or stronger. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that was always that little, that little turn on. Fast forward, I go through a Lamborghini Espada, 1972 Espada, a no big deal car. It was gorgeous. I did meticulous work. This thing came out gorgeous. Give it to the client, uh, who's still a client today, and he takes it to Pebble Beach. And I'm like, okay, now you know, I've made it. I've made it to the lawn. <laughs> I've made it to the big show. Yeah. And I wasn't around at the time, and he took it, and he thought, no way on earth would he win. You know, who's going to win with an Espada at Pebble Beach? Sure. He had two or three other cars in class, Countach that was done beyond done. And the judges, when they were, and he did it for display only, the judges came up to him after and said, we really, uh, really wish you would have put this in for judging. You would have won second in class. Oh, wow. When I heard that, <laughs> yeah, when I heard that, I'm like, Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've got a 72 V12 Lamborghini on the lawn at Pebble. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Congratulations. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. Go back in time again. I'd love for you to share your first really special car. You talk about sitting in that Dino in that showroom. The first car that you got that really had a good, strong meaning to you and maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Cheers. That's going to be a 1966 Alfa Romeo Duetto. Oh, cool. That car changed my life <laughs> in every respect. Went to the Big Island, Kona on the Big Island to live. Uncle had a house up there. I saw a little beat-up Duetto running around. I fell in love with it. Chased it down, finally found it. Wasn't running, paid the 500 bucks. Condenser was in the trunk. My friend's like, I'll put this on. He knew more than I did. Fired right up, hooked, instantly hooked. Broken, part, replaced, run. (laughs) Then I proceeded to destroy this car because I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I could fix it. Mm. Bent all the valves, did all the classic, you know, bonehead moves. Decided to rebuild it. I went out to sea and I became a shrimp fisherman on the Hawaiian Islands. I saved up all my little bits of money. And this is that classic, you know, I can't go out on a date because I'm saving my money for a carburetor. I was saving for pistons, <laughs> bearings, what have you. Yeah. I slept in a rotten boat, a burnt out boat with a little bit of screen to protect me from those mosquitoes at night. And I rebuilt that engine under a Kiave tree in Kona. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, had, I barely had enough money. I had my parts. I had a crescent wrench and a number 14 wrench and some screwdrivers. I didn't even have the right tool. Oh, my gosh. And I went through and I got that thing to run. Lots of phone calls to Alpha Recombi in Los Angeles. Brad <laughs> was a huge help. Yeah. And finally built it, hooked up with some friends down the street, and they, they had a compressor, and I masked it off with newspaper. And out in the jungle, no spray booth, nothing. Sprayed it red, <laughs> and there I had it. Yeah, my wow. first perspiration. It changed my life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that car wow. changed my life. Wow. I, I owned that car for 18 years. Oh, my goodness. Until I finally wrecked it. <laughs> yeah, well, awesome story. Fantastic. That's a unique one for sure here on Cars. Yeah, well, how about seller's remorse? I know you've owned a lot of cool cars, but is there one that you let go that you really wish you had back? No, I pretty much... I pretty much have everything. 
Um, one car, as far as remorse that it got away from me, my fiance at the time, born and raised in Italy, her dream car was a Trans Am. So I bought her a white T-top 78 Trans Am. Oh, 70s, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And I, I could care less about American cars. But after we got this car, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Blue interior, you know, that color combo. Yeah. Well, she unfortunately got in a little fender bender. And the guys, they went to a place in Burbank. And these guys turned around and said, well, we got to fix this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, it's under insurance. So they were going to do rear end work, all this other stuff. And they turn around and say, okay, we're going to present this to the insurance company. I'm like, great. Hadn't a clue. Insurance company turns around and says, yeah, the car's worth 3000 bucks." You were going to total it. Yeah, we're taking we're, the car. We're taking the car. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't understand what just happened. They snatched the car up from me. Oh, my from, gosh. From her. Oh. And I'm like, how does this happen? Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I had no idea what was happening. Gone. Yeah, tough lesson to learn. And then, of course, there are all the numerous Ferraris. You know, come and get it for 6000 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> let's not go into those. There's somebody, yeah. too much pain there. I, I think the Trans Am story is just fine, thank you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about today. What are you working on right now that you can talk about? I know you do a lot of work for customers in a very uh, quiet way as far as uh, client privilege, if you will. I mean, you, you're kind of a one-man shop, if you will, and you work for some very high-end clients. But uh, what kind of projects are you working on right now that really have you excited and fired up that you can talk about? Well, there's two. Well, I'm in the middle of three right now, and there's a couple of lingering ones. I've got two identical black carbureted boxers. How that happens, I don't know, but I'm not going to question it. <laughs> yeah. They both sat for over 30-something years. Wow in their garages, respective garages. And I find these cars, I find someone to buy them, et cetera, and then the work is, you know, I sell them out. I sell them as a job. The first boxer is just coming together now. The second one is a car of legend. And this was a boxer purchased by a producer-director who was with George, I think it was George, but Barris, oh. Gong Show Barris. Mm -hmm. And he had more money than anyone could spend back in that period. He goes to Hollywood Sports Cars. He orders, factory orders, a black carbureted boxer Ferrari. Wow. Gets it, gets it delivered, drives it, I swear to God, drives it for less than a month, takes it back to Hollywood Sports Cars and says, can we make it go faster? <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Money is not an object. My friend, who's still around today, Eric Sanders, he turns around and he gets factory pistons and cams race factory pistons and cams oh wow when he finished this engine it's basically a p6 mod on the engine full-blown race engine now wow factory parts he says there wasn't a motorcycle in la that could keep up with him holy cow wow fast forward the story a little bit more producer director hollywood period of time the cocaine steps in and study ensues uh they need to get more wine drunken girlfriend give me the keys she takes it up to a pretty famous spot on Mulholland. And this is a car that they had also ordered 11-inch rear rims from the factory. Wow. These are Formula One rims. Yeah. Factory stuff. And she totals the car. She gets this thing to break away at speed, smashes it. It rips out the rear end of the car, Ooh. destroys the transmission. I mean, the car is just given up for dead. Yeah. Again, the guy has more money than you can spend. Fix it. 
<laughs> but at that period of time in his life of the drama and what have you, it lingered and it lingered and lingered and lingered. I had heard about the car and I knew about the car. You know, this famous, crazy Ferrari, race Ferrari boxer. I go into the shop down in Long Beach and in the very back corner, this car is filled with Daytonas and California Spiders and all these rare exotic Ferraris. It's a Ferrari shop. And in the very back corner, of course, I need to know what that is under all the boxes in the very back corner. So I'm literally stepping on cars, sliding down the, the hoods <laughs> of Daytonas to crawl my way back to this car. And I lift up the corner and there's a black boxer under there. Mm. I go, oh my God, black boxer. What's up with this car? Uh, client wants it fixed. Fast forward a bunch of years and it's that car. Same so, car, yeah. Wow. Same car. Now, forward to present day, client has a Bizzarini. I'm working on his Bizzarini and some of those other exotics. He's like, you're doing a boxer now. Yeah. Want to do another? Yes, I do. <laughs> Get in the car. Let's go. I'm like, absolutely. Let's go. We uh, go and I see a bunch of boxes of engines and a transmission with five or six gear transmissions worth of gears, etc. And I, uh, yeah, looks good. Let's go see the car. But in the conversation, I hear the guys that are presenting the car. I over, I'm listening to them while I'm looking through the parts. And I realize it's that car. The same one. Wow. Right? It's the same one. I go to my guy. I'm like, okay, we're done here. We got to go. <laughs> I pull him to the side. I'm like, this, the, the cams and the pistons are probably worth more than the car is. Wow. <laughs> and I told him the story. He's like, oh, yeah, it's sold. It's ours. Yeah. So that car is now at, at Castellanos being painted. Cool. Black. Um, I should get my carburetors back from Pierce Manifolds pretty soon, but maybe this week. Yeah. And I'm going to tear the engine down to its crank to put, you know, fresh because it sat for so long. Sure. And I'm in the middle of building the gearbox, but this is going to be a very, very special car. Yeah. I equate it to the uh, Speed Racer episode of the mystery engine that pops and made that everyone died behind. <laughs> yeah, very cool story. Well, I can't wait to, to see that thing when it's done. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Donnie. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Hmm. Just because cars are such neat things. And we do everything about our lives is, is centered or supported through our vehicles. I think the most fulfilling aspect of being a car would be a little Willys like M thirty eight Jeep, like World War Two Jeep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think that would be just the quintessential perfect vehicle to be. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Not what I expected at all, but that's why I like that question. It brings out some really cool yeah. answers. Well, Donnie, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, 
Congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Donnie, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Never, never settle. Never just go, oh, that'll do. <laughs> yes, perfect, perfect answer. Yeah, perfect. Goes back to that original quote at the beginning of our talk. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? I guess it goes back, again, to perfection. It just has to be right. Yep. And it's a learning process, but it has to be perfect no matter what. If you have to do it 10 times, it has to be right. I love the concept of the learning process. So, so important. Now, how about a resource? You've mentioned a couple of your great resources here that you have, the people that help you with paint or body work or carbs or different car parts and things. But is there one resource you'd like to share with the Car Shadow listeners you think they would enjoy? Yeah. Since I do restoration, there's a couple of people out there that I really love personally. They're great friends. And that's going to be Eric Sanders and Steve Cottrell, mm. who is now running. They're both actually at GTO Engineering down in Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Well, Steve's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, I know Steve. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, Steve's amazing. And, you know, you kind of do the head scratch. Okay, you're really young, and now you're in charge of this huge Ferrari operation. <laughs> Let's see what happens. And sure enough, he's doing an excellent job. Yeah. I'm most impressed. Yeah, yeah, he's a great so, guy. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, awesome operation. I've had the uh, the founder and owner of that company from England on the show. I've had another That's gentleman. That's right, Mark. Mark's been on the show. Another gentleman who did uh, some of the GTO jewelry that they sell in Artisan. So uh, it's a fantastic operation, and uh, I'll make sure we have links back to, the, uh, to that show, and we'll uh, mention Eric as well. Maybe we can get him on the show someday. That would be cool, too. Uh-huh. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think the Cars Out listeners would enjoy reading as well? Uh, let's see. Learning how to drive in the rain, of course. <laughs> I just picked up probably one of my fifth copies of Ferrari, the sports and Gran Turismo cars. There's a lot of real, I have a huge library, a sickening library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For reference, for sure. Yeah. Ferrari factory stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, those two books are great resources. I'm familiar with those. I think it'd be, be great. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources on Donnie's show notes page at carsyad.com slash Donnie Calloway. You might uh, know that name from another guest here on Cars. Yeah. Reeves Calloway has been a guest here, and I understand you guys are somewhat related. Distant cousins. Yeah. At best. Very cool. <laughs> Knew his dad. And no, it's amazing. Yeah. Small world, this car world we live in. Uh-huh. Very nice. Well, there's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where Donnie's books and all the past 657 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. Wonderful resource here on the Cars Yeah website if you love books, especially those recommended by the many, many guests who've been on the show here. All right, Donnie, we're up to the last question, the checkered flag, and this can be a real doozy. If you could have only one 
collector car in your garage. I'm sorry, just one. But money's no object. I'm going to buy any car in the world today, any Ferrari if that's the one you want. Don't worry about it because Christmas is coming and I'm that kind of guy. What would that vehicle (laughs) be and why? (laughs) Growing up with the Duetto, it was an amazing car, but it was the little brother of the 330 GTS. So I could literally spend the rest of my life with a a 330 GTS, probably black. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful cars. I mean, just perfect for California where you live down there, uh, top down, cruising the coast highway. Yeah. Very nice indeed. Well, that's going to cost me uh-huh. a pretty penny. I better get to work so I can find you one of those cars. I'll bet you I know where there's, I'll bet you know there's a, where there are a few of those around too, so you can guide uh-huh. me in the right direction. Donna, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you wouldn't. I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better and about what you do. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off down the coast highway in that uh, Ferrari A330 GTS? Yeah, it's going to be, and this is kind of the life mantra back to the beginning of the show. You just have to have blind faith, absolute blind faith if you have a shop or you're an enthusiast, blind faith, because <laughs> be careful what you wish for. You might just it get will it. show up. Yeah. <laughs> you're most likely going to get it. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? I guess my only social media is Instagram, Ferrari-1966, so 66, and Facebook. Okay. I'm the little dog with the toupee. So reach <laughs> out, right. I'll friend you. <laughs> the dog with the toupee. I know. Every time I see on Facebook, I go, what is he going to put a different picture up that? It always throws me off, the dog with the toupee. <laughs> I know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just Donnie Calloway. This has been a lot of fun. Well, it's been a great fun to have you as a guest on the show. And listeners, I'll remind you again, you can find links to everything on Donnie's very own show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Donnie Calloway. Donnie, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life's experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. This has been a blast. (laughs) Great fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!